It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube, our fifth week on YouTube, getting close to 600 subscribers. But I kind of wanted 700 by the end of the week. If we don't get there, we don't get there, but we'll get there by the end of next week. So tell everyone you know who's a huge Panther fan, who loves going on YouTube to check out Panthers content, to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube. If they don't watch the show and they are more of a morning commute person when they listen to their podcast and tell them to go over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe, five stars only, to Locked On Panthers. And you can find us on every single major podcasting platform out there. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions. And, well, tomorrow's Friday, so get those questions into me now by either adding me at Julian Council on Twitter or DM me at Julian Council on Twitter. You can also leave a comment on any of the shows from that week on YouTube, and I will go back, look at the comments, and take all the Friday mailbag questions that y'all leave for me there in the YouTube comments and answer them, of course, on Fridays, which is tomorrow. Woo! The NFL... Free agency and off-season period the last 10 days, two weeks has been, it's been a lot. It has been insane. And to be honest with y'all, I've never been the biggest NFL fan. I've always been a college football guy, and I still am. First and foremost, when it comes to the fall, my attention, my heart belongs to Saturdays. I just love the pageantry of college football, all the traditions. It's just what I've been more interested in. But I can tell you, that I don't think I've ever been this excited for an NFL season at this time of year in the month of March. This is my time of the year, my favorite time of the year, March, with college, with college basketball going on. My Tar Heels are in a Sweet 16. I love the NCAA tournament, March Madness. The Final Four is my favorite weekend of the year. I, mean, I am all about college basketball. But now hosting this podcast and all of the movement that's gone on over the last 10 days, 
I am kind of disconnected from my true love of college basketball and now obsessed with the drama that we're getting here during this NFL offseason period. Like, it's insane. Like, it does not stop. Here in Carolina, thankfully, it's been relatively quiet if you look at the transactions. And I actually want to go into uh, some of the transactions that the Panthers have made uh, specifically on the defensive side of the ball and talk about that in comparison to the guys that they had starting in those spots last year and where the Panthers have been able to improve on defense, which was the highlight of this team last year in that 5-12 and 12 season in year two, year two, excuse me, of Matt Rule. But still, the, the NFL offseason has been nuts. You got Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay after all the drama that we've had over the last 15 months. He took over draft night last year. Then Devontae Adams all of a sudden is no longer a Packer. He's going to be a Las Vegas Raider. Chandler Jones is a Raider. You have Khalil Mack traded from the Bears to the Chargers. The entire AFC West is insane. You have um, Russell Wilson, who's a Bronco now. Carson Wentz, which is not much of a... Uh, something that moved the needle, but he's now going to Washington. Matt Ryan is no longer a Falcon. He's going to Indianapolis. He's a Colt. And the Colts are hoping to go chase after a Super Bowl. And the big news on Wednesday was that Tyreek Hill, Cheetah, the fastest man in the National Football League, the mo- one of the most dangerous weapons, if not the most dangerous weapon in the National Football League, is not going to be a Kansas City Chief. He's headed to Miami to be a Dolphin for $30 million a year. Kansas City apparently didn't want to pay that anymore. His agent, by the way, is Drew Rosenhaus. And to bring it back here to Carolina, good on the Panthers. And round of applause to Scott Fitterer for getting DJ Moore, that three-year, $61 million extension, about $20 million per year for a player who, alongside Stephon Diggs, is the only player in the National Football League the last three years to go over 1,200 yards from scrimmage. Like, those guys are studs. DJ is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the National Football League. He's so good, and you're only getting him for $20 million a year. We've seen the money that Nuke Hopkins got when he got traded to Arizona a couple of seasons ago. We've seen the money that Devontae Adams got last week, and now we're seeing Tyreek Hill, the highest-paid wide receiver in the league, at $30 million per year. 72 apparently guaranteed, and three years, 75. That's what he's going to eat the first three years, so $25 million, but really... 23 guaranteed million per year, but 30 overall. If he gets the four years, $120 million. So round of applause, seriously, to Scott Fitter and Samir Suleiman and the Panthers brass to get DJ Moore at the price that they got. I mean, I had told y'all before, looking at Drew Rosenhaus, you go back to the MLB contracts in particular that he's been able to procure for his his um, clients. And looking at the NFL as well, like Antonio Brown, he gets his guys paid and he got Tyreek Hill paid. All the movement that we've seen, and it feels a lot like the NBA. The problem with the NBA, though, is once the season rolls around, people aren't as interested in the drama that they are in July when the free agency period starts. Now, I like the NBA. I'm a Hornets fan, but outside of the Hornets, I don't really pay attention to the NBA until April and May and June when the playoffs are going on. That's just kind of how I am. And there's just also so many things going on. I'm just not focused throughout the entirety of the winter to watch the NBA. I'm a college basketball guy. I know it's it's weird, different product. Either way, I don't care. But the NFL is the most popular product in American television. And now we're at Russell Wilson's in Denver. And Kansas City no longer has Tyreek Hill, but they still have Patrick Mahomes. You have Justin Herbert and Khalil Mack and all those defensive players in, in uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers now down the hall from the Super Bowl, this defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. And you have the Raiders with so many weapons 
for Derek Carr and Chandler Jones, it's going to be super exciting to see how the AFC plays out. Looking at the NFC for the Panthers, I know that there's the rush to be successful, and we all are tired of it. Haven't been to the playoffs since 2017. We sat there and watched Cam fall apart. We watched TD leave. We watched Luke Keekley retire. We watched Greg Olson leave, go to Seattle, then retire. We watched Ryan Khalil, all the players and coaches, and Ron Rivera that we fell in love with for a decade during the 2010s are now gone. And we started and flipped the page and rebranded with the moving from the mom and pop shop of Jerry Richardson to the Fortune 500 Wall Street company that the Panthers should be operating with David Tepper and bringing in Matt Rule and things have changed. And it was an exciting period of time when all the change was happening. It was nerve wracking. You were confused, scared about what the Panthers might be, what the identity would be. Always and forever will be keep pounding in, in the legacy of Sam Mills and all the players that have come through here in Carolina. But things were going to change. And things have not worked out the way that we hoped they would over the past two seasons, going 5-11, and 11, going 5-12, and 12, the fire rule chants that you hear at Hornets games. I even heard one at the uh, inaugural home opener for the Charlotte FC. Didn't pick up any steam. Kind of thought it was weird that that was happening, especially in the upper deck. No one's going to hear you in an arena full of 74,000 people screaming their heads out, chanting about the soccer team on the field. Either way, I digress. It has not gone as planned. But looking at the movement, all of that talent has gone to the AFC, not to the NFC. Aaron Rodgers might still be here, but who's he going to throw the football to? I'm sure Green Bay will figure it out, but still, who's going to throw the ball to? Tom Brady's back. I think Tampa will still be good again this season. They were able to bring back a lot of players like Carlton Davis and Ryan Jensen. L.A., they get Allen Robinson. They no longer have Bobby Trees um, in Robert Woods. He's gone to Tennessee. Matthew Stafford signed a new extension. I don't really believe all in, that much in Kyler Murray, and there's a little bit of drama down there. If he doesn't get his extension, we'll see how that plays out throughout the rest of the season. Seattle. No longer with Russell Wilson. We'll see how it plays out with San Francisco and Trey Lance. I can't imagine they're going to be better next season with him than they were with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't know. All across the NFC, it's pretty wide open. Do you believe that Dallas is going to be able to uh, capitalize on what's happening? I know you want the Carolina Panthers to win this year, and so do I. And I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. I talked to you all about this yesterday. I have no earthly idea. Matt Corral Pro Day was on Wednesday. And you had Malik Willis on Tuesday. And I know I think a lot of us are pretty excited about Malik Willis. And there's still the uh, faction of Panther fans that they want to, they take a quarterback, whether it's at six or in the first round or in this draft, they want Kenny Pickett because they want to win now. Winning now is important. I understand that. But at least we're afforded some level of time to wait and build this the right way, opposed to crap, we got Mahomes. We got Josh Allen on the schedule. We got Lamar in our in division in conference. We got all these players. No, that's not the case. You got Brady who's going to be out soon enough. Stafford who's good, but you know it's just Matthew Stafford still. I think he's a great player, but it's not like you're scared of Matthew Stafford all that much. There's not that blockbuster kind of player here in the NFC. So if we can get that player at quarterback, especially, and continue to build the right way. Who's to say the Carolina Panthers can't position themselves to be kings of the NFC? starting in 2023. You would love to do it now. I just don't know if that's going to happen this season. But in 2023, no excuses. And it is kind of tiring to keep talking about, well, hey, in that year, maybe it'll be our time. But we'll see. The NFL offseason has been insane. And who, buddy? 
I cannot wait to see what this season looks like heading up here in, uh, in August and September when we finally kick things off. Okay, so we're still in the free agency period. Scott Fitter, I think, has done a really good job so far. And I had talked to you all a couple weeks ago about my to-do list for the Carolina Panthers. Let's go back over that because they have been checking every single box so far. So we'll get into that here in just a moment on Lockdown Panthers. It's that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So a couple weeks ago, I put out my off-season to-do list for the Carolina Panthers as far as free agency and how they should go about things and hopefully building a roster that could be competitive in 2022. Now, when I brought that out, Tom Brady wasn't in the division. Matt Ryan was still here. The Saints were likely to bring back Jameis, which has happened. And now Tom Brady's back and the Falcons don't have Matt Ryan. And I don't know what they plan on doing. And Carolina still has no answer at the quarterback position heading into 2022. Will it be Sam Darnold? All signs currently point to that. We'll see how things play out here throughout the rest of the week as today is Desmond Ritter's pro day up in Cincinnati. Might he be an option for the Carolina Panthers later on in the first round if they want to trade back or if they want to trade? Eh, I don't know. I don't know what they want to do at quarterback, but he will be another one of the college prospects the Panthers will take a look at here on Thursday afternoon as they try to see if that's the best option for them as Baker Mayfield. There's mutual disinterest from the Panthers and the Browns and Jimmy Garoppolo with the shoulder surgery. Seems to not be much of an upgrade, according to them, to Sam Darnold, which makes really no sense at all if you've seen Sam Darnold play. And I already question their evaluations of quarterbacks. I don't know how they're able to say who's good and who's not when it comes to quarterback play, other than that Sam Darnold is not good. Either way, started off with the checklist saying that restructuring deals would be key among the things the Panthers need to do so that they could open up the cap space to go after a quarterback and to go after being able to sign and re-sign some of these players out in free agency. They restructured Christian McCaffrey on Tuesday, opening up about five and a half million dollars of cap space. Did the same thing a couple weeks ago with Taylor Moten, Shaq Thompson, Pat Elfline, all players who had their deals restructured, which helped the Carolina Panthers to be able to extend a player like DJ Moore to a three-year, $61 million contract. And that was really a no-brainer. You picked up his fifth-year option last year. He'll make about $11.1 million this year in 2022. He's been one of the best receivers 
international football the last couple of seasons, even if he might not be a household name throughout the 31 other NFL, I guess not 31 because there's multiple teams in other cities, 29 other NFL cities. He's been a fantastic player for Carolina, and he's the only wide receiver that you can depend on week in and week out to go out there and make plays for you. Exercise Brian Burns' fifth-year option is still something they have not done. It's another no-brainer. He's the next in line when you think about extensions. Next year, around the same time, will be when they would hopefully extend yet another Pro Bowl season for Brian Burns and pay him the money that he deserves. They'll pick up his fifth-year option over the next couple months. They have until probably early May, right after the draft to do that. That's when the deadline was last year. Bring in legitimate competition for Sam Darnold. While bringing back P.J. Walker is nice and all, I would not consider him to be legitimate competition for Sam Darnold, considering that the Panthers had him last year and had him as the backup. Now, contract-wise, I mean, Sam was making $4 million. It wasn't like he was making that much money. They had already exercised his fifth-year option, so they were basically saying that this is our guy for this year and hopefully next year as long as everything works out. Well, everything did not work out as we know, and the Panthers still need to figure out who they're going to bring in, whether it's a draft pick. And I like Malik Willis. We've heard from a lot of the scouts that he it made him a lot, a lot of money on Tuesday after his pro day, and we've heard that he might need to sit back and learn more of a pro-style offense. Kenny Pickett playing in a pro-style offense at Pitt might be the most ready, but how much does he elevate this team next season and moving forward and has he already kind of reached the ceiling of how good he's actually going to be as a quarterback heading into the nfl i don't know are either one of them legitimate competition sure if they come in they're clearly the future which sam donald clearly is not at this point in time you don't have marcus mariota now he's going to atlanta andy dalton's still out there on the market ryan fitzpatrick's still out there on the market maybe that's something that they want to do but they need to do something they can't just have Sam and PJ here in the quarterback room. They have to go out there and find a veteran, at the very least, someone who can push Sam and maybe help him get to the point where the Panthers thought he could get to when they made the terrible decision of trading a second, fourth, and sixth round pick to the Jets last year for him. Signing, Resigning Hassan Reddick was also on my list. I never really thought it was going to happen. I put it on my checklist because he's one of the premier edge rushers in the National Football League over the last two seasons, 23 and a half sacks. You have to love the production that he had last year, leading the Panthers in sacks at 11 sacks last season. Now he's going back home to Philadelphia. Happy for him. He got paid even if it wasn't the $17 million a year he was really trying to get, about more $15 million that he's getting a year in Philly. Either way, happy for him. Appreciate the contributions. The next one, they did check off. Either re-sign Stephon Gilmore or Dante Jackson. Stephon Gilmore, over the age of 30, coming off of two straight seasons with injuries. He's currently still a free agent. Maybe a possibility for Carolina. I doubt it at this point in time. Dante Jackson, they did re-sign on Saturday to a deal that was extremely team-friendly, $11 million per year, which I think is actually a good deal for Dante. He tests out his market, probably didn't materialize the way that he wanted. He also said that he's a player that when he got to Carolina, you know, you found out how much these fans love, love you if you play well. And he wants to be here for better days. And he hasn't gotten the opportunity to be a part of success, successful teams here in Carolina. And I hope for that. I hope that for him to happen. I hope for him. I don't know. I hope that happens for him here in the future. And now he's coming back. I'm excited about that. They cut AJ Bouye to save three and a half million dollars uh, against the salary cap. Also with Morgan Fox, that was not on my list, but cutting players, 
pretty much to save room and open up cap space made a lot of sense. And getting rid of Bouye, they had to bring back Dante Jackson. So doing both of those things. Sign or draft a long-term left tackle option. We've heard reports about potentially Dwayne Brown. I read, I want to say in The Athletic, um, it was Shield Capadia, who's one of their NFL writers that was some of the moves that every team in the NFL could still make in the second wave of free agency. He thought Dwayne Brown, the 37-year-old, could be an option for the Carolina Panthers at left tackle. I'm not enamored with the idea of putting a 37-year-old left tackle there, but it would not preclude the Carolina Panthers still at six from taking a Charles Cross or a Trevor Penning and allowing them time to develop and sit back for a year and having that fifth-year option also helps matters so if they want to go for veteran and Dwayne Brown, who has not missed a snap, missed a game the last two seasons, even at his age. We look at Andrew Norwell or Whitworth, not Norwell, former Carolina Panther. Now, of course, gone up to a Panthers mid-Atlantic to the Washington Commanders. Um, but you look at what Whitworth was able to do as an older player with L.A. the last couple of seasons, it gives you some sort of um, comfort that maybe Brown could be that same guy. And the fact that Brown hasn't been injured lately. And injury luck could always turn around as we see with Christian McCaffrey, a guy who never suffered any injuries and now has suffered multiple the last two seasons. Sign slash draft a long-term center options. They did get Bradley Bozeman, who can play either guard or center. They got him on a one-year deal. He said this is a place that he can grow in Carolina. We'll see if they are able to keep him long-term. If he plays well this season, you hope that they can get an extension before get, – not, yeah, not an extension, but they can re-sign him before he gets to the free agent market if that's how things work out. Pat Elfline, I don't really believe in him long-term as a center option. You saw how he played in Minnesota. You saw how he played at guard. It, we'll see. He's going to get the first crack at it. Bozeman might beat him out. I'm not sure. But they at least have someone in-house who could be a long-term center option for Carolina. A sign of free agent guard, they did that with Austin Corbett, the first sign that they made, or at least the first uh, contract that they came to terms with on that Monday of the legal tampering period and NFL negotiating period opening up. Sign slash draft to starting middle linebacker. Damian Wilson had a career year last year in Jacksonville, so they checked that box off. You can also look at Corey Littleton, who they signed on Sunday as another option. You have competition. You have middle linebacker depth there with Shaq Thompson. So I appreciate them doing that. I would still like for them to draft a linebacker, considering that I think Wilson's on a two-year deal and you have Corey Littleton only on a one-year deal. Let me double check there on the Wilson stuff. Wilson is on a two-year deal. So two years, $6.9 million. Not a lot of money. Not like he's a long-term fit here in Carolina. Potentially we'll see, but right now, who knows? And then sign or draft the starting free safety, and they did that with Xavier Woods, who was their second uh, signing that they made on that Monday night when free agency period opened up. Three years, $15 million or $17.5 million. Woods they played every single snap last year in Minnesota. Ha honestly, never heard of the guy until they signed him here with hearing the durability that he has and that he can fit there at free safety opposite of Jeremy Chin. I'm loving that. And then the next thing and the last thing I need them to do is sign or draft a defensive end to set the edge on defense. And I go back to what Mel Kuyper Jr. wrote on Wednesday or Tuesday for his mock draft 3.0, saying that Trayvon Walker out of Georgia, who stands at 6'5", 270, maybe can add a little bit more weight, get that 285 that Scott Peter was talking about. He could be someone who could really help them out in the run game and setting the edge for this defense moving forward. And if he's the best player available for the Panthers at six, Scott Peter has already said he's not going to bypass a talent like that. 
So he could be the answer. Either way, they got to find somebody who can help them stop the run moving forward. That has been one of the major issues for this team defensively the last couple of seasons. Whether they've been able to be good against the pass like they were last year and getting after the passer, they were not good when teams lined up and ran it down their throats and got real heavy on them with two tight end sets. Hopefully that works out here in Carolina next season. They can find someone to do that. So that's where I stand. Right now, exercise Brian Burt's fifth-year option, find competition for Sam Darnold, sign or draft a loft tackle, and sign or draft a defensive end who can help set the edge. Those are the spaces in the box that I still need the Carolina Panthers to fill and check here over the next couple months as we head into the draft on April 28th down in Las Vegas, Nevada. Carolina Panthers have brought back a veteran corner, and let's take a look at some of the additions that we just talked about there and how they compare to the people and players that they're replacing from last year's vaunted Carolina Panthers defense. We'll do that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The Carolina Panthers announced on Wednesday afternoon that they were bringing back 31-year-old cornerback Rashawn Melvin for another season on a one-year deal. He was signed last year playing for his ninth team in his career, the Carolina Panthers, and filled in at spots in times, particularly in the slot in this defense last year. Had a lot of injuries at corner with Dante Jackson going down, J.C. Horn going down, and Stephon Gilmore going down. I think he's actually worth bringing back this season whether he makes the roster or not we will see we'll see what they do in the draft as we've seen the last couple of seasons the Carolina Panthers certainly love their corners I think they have them with Dante Jackson being re-signed he'll start opposite of JC Horn they really like the fifth rounder out of Washington who played particularly more at the end of the season last year and showed some signs um and Keith Taylor you also have Stan Thomas Oliver who's more of a special teams guy I don't know where um Troy Pride Jr. is going to fit in on the defense next year in that cornerback room. After suffering that knee injury, he gets another opportunity. I don't think he would have made the roster had he been able to stay healthy. It might have been a blessing in disguise for him, although he doesn't necessarily fit the mold of the taller, longer corners that Scott Fitterer prefers. And that was what they preferred back in Seattle. And unfortunately, I don't think that Troy Pride Jr. is going to grow anymore. Best of luck to him, though. I really hope that he gets an opportunity to help out this team this upcoming season. But I like the cornerback room right now. You have two proven – well, you have one proven guy who's we know his limitations in Dante, and he can still get better. He's still a young player, but he can get better. You have him. You have a young player that you're really excited about, J.C. Horn. Hopefully, C.J. Henderson. I think the addition of Melvin maybe allows him to still bring him along a little bit slower, even though it's like his third year, and he should be taking that leap and getting a full offseason program here in Carolina. I hope that helps him, and I hope that he's focused and ready to contribute next year. But if he's not able to contribute at the level that you want, you do have options with Melvin. You have options with um, Pride. You have options who might be better in the slot as a smaller guy. You have options – with Keith Taylor and, of course, Dan Thomas Oliver and whoever they might 
decide to bring in, as they will bring in more guys as they get to that 90-man roster before they head down to Spartanburg for training camp on the campus of Wofford College at the end of July. But let's take a look now at some of the additions that the Carolina Panthers have made and who they're replacing defensively. We'll start off with Xavier Woods, who had a career year last year and a prove-it deal with the Minnesota Vikings playing every single snap and being really good when it came to, I think he had like 106 tackles last season, didn't miss a snap at all. I'm excited to see what he can do. I Like I told you all before, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't, a lot of times when they sign these players, my knowledge of the NFL is the Panthers. And then obviously like I watch a lot of the games, but I'm not going to know who the starting free safety, the Minnesota Vikings is a lot of times. I'm not going to know who this, the starting defensive tackle is for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm not going to say you're going to lie to y'all and say like, Oh I, yeah, I know who that player is. Like, I have no idea. A lot of times who some of the players, the Panthers sign like Woods never heard of this guy, but hearing about his durability, I'm excited to see what he can do next season. Justin Burris had some injury issues here the last two seasons. That's who he's going to be replacing. I never really loved the Burris signing. He was also kind of a no name. I knew him back from me when he was at NC state, good player in college. But once he got the NFL, he's now become a journeyman. And you look at, where he's at right now, I have not seen anyone re-sign or sign Justin Burris. So that can already tell you right now that Woods seems to be an upgrade after having a better season than Burris has ever had in the NFL last season. And he's here in Carolina with a three-year deal. And Justin Burris is currently sitting out there with no deal. And hopefully for Justin, he's able to get signed somewhere else. But I don't think it'll be a three-year, $17.5 million deal like the Panthers are able to do with Xavier Woods. You look at defensive tackle. Matt Ioannidis versus Daquan Jones. Daquan got a two-year, $10 million, fully guaranteed deal up there in Buffalo. Great situation for him. He's replacing Starla Tulele, who's a former Carolina Panther, and Vernon Butler, who's a former Carolina Panther, who was a bust here in Carolina. I never forget, as Dave Gettleman loved his hog mollies. That hog molly was not as hog or molly as we hoped he would be when he got here to Carolina, which led him to Buffalo, and now he's out there searching for a new home. Great situation for Daquan. He's over the age of 30, though. He's more of a run stuffer. We weren't great against the run last year. And he's never been much of a pass rusher. I think the career high he's ever had of sacks in a season was either two or three. Ionis has had seven and a half and eight and a half, dating back to the 2018 and 19 season. He's dealt with COVID issues back in 2020. A little bit of injuries past season. Had a down year. Wasn't what he had been early on in his career up in Washington with the then Redskins, then football team, now Commanders. And wasn't expecting to get cut. Yeah, he's a former Temple guy. Make the jokes all you want. It is kind of funny that and sad in a way and confusing and concerning that Matt Rule continues to bring back these guys. But you that's business. You hire people that you know. And if you know the work ethic and you think they're good players, and Ionitis has proved in the NFL that he can be a good player, I think that's an upgrade. And being able to get after the passer. Now we'll see with a guy like Davion Nixon who's going to come back next year who had the, injury, the knee injury this past season and he didn't really get an opportunity to really show us what he could do after being a defensive player of the year at Iowa during the 2020 pandemic season there in college football. He comes back behind Ioannidis, and that's another guy at the three technique who can rush the passer. You have to feel good about those two guys in particular. I think of Ioannidis, a younger player, can get after the passer, might be an upgrade for the Carolina Panthers just based off the production of the pass and the hope that he can get back there. Looking at the linebacker spot, that's going to be – that they're going to fill for Jermaine Carter Jr., who's still out there on the street. Damian Wilson, career year last year in Jacksonville with over 100 tackles. Corey Littleton wasn't great the last two seasons with Las Vegas. They didn't think they got, they did not get the player that thought they were getting from the Rams. But I remember watching him when he was in LA and I thought he was a good player. 
And to get those two guys, in particular Wilson, I think that they are upgrading at that other linebacker spot next to Shaq Thompson. YGM, Etor Gross Matos, now going to get the snaps at defensive end that Morgan Fox would have gotten last year. He had more sacks in a single game, two and a half against Buffalo last year, than Fox had all of last season with one and a half. Morgan played really well when he was with the Rams, when he played next to the best defensive player in football in Aaron Donald. With no Aaron Donald here next to him last season, he didn't get to see the kind of opportunities that he saw the year prior and the years prior when he was in L.A. with the Rams. He's also still on the street. Hopefully, for Morgan's sake, he can get an opportunity to go play somewhere else. And I think all these guys will get an opportunity to at least be in camp, whether they'll get a deal like they got last season, thinking that they are going to be able to stick around with the team for a couple seasons. I don't think that's going to happen at this point in time for agency, but we will see. With Etor Grosbatos, second-round pick out of Penn State, they felt like he could be one of those young players in that 2020 draft class, and they took all seven defensive players that could be a foundation of this defense moving forward. And now it's his opportunity in year three. Oftentimes you see players take their biggest leap from their second year to their third year. This is why GM's time to do that. And if he can do that and have consistency and stay healthy, which he has not been able to do the last couple of seasons, whether it's been the ankle, whether it's been COVID, I think he can be a really good player for the Carolina Panthers in 2022. So for me, athletically, potential-wise, that's an upgrade. Outside linebacker, though, hard to say at all that Marquise Haynes, a combination of him and Frankie Luva, Luva, who will likely get the starting nod at this point in time. I don't know what else they're going to do at outside linebacker. There might be someone in the draft that if they go best player available at six might make sense. I don't know. I don't think either one of those guys is going to be able to, on their own, match the production of Hassan Reddick, 11 sacks last year or the 23 and a half sacks he's had the last two seasons. It's going to be a combination of them of even gross mottos and whoever else they bring to rush a passer at outside linebacker in Reddick's spot from last season, that will hopefully help them get to the point where they were last year, where they had one of the scariest pass rushers in the NFL last season. So it's going to be, it's going to take a village. It's not going to just be one guy who's able to get that production that they had last season from Hassan Reddick. So overall, Woods, I think, is an upgrade of free safety. I think they got better at defensive tackle. They definitely got better at linebacker. I think that they're going to be just fine at defensive end and outside linebacker. No, they didn't get better, but they do have options, and they made smart resignings, and Frankie Lubu is an intriguing prospect. And he's someone that I think a lot of Panther fans like and what he's able to do. He showed it in the preseason, and he carried it into the season, the way he performed on special teams, blocking that punt, and the way he performed even on defense when he had the opportunities to actually play meaningful snaps out, out at outside linebacker. I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm excited to see what this Panthers defense can do because they still have the foundational pieces of Brian Burns, of J.C. Horn. You can put in Dante. You can put in Shaq there. Also, you have um, – I think I said Chen. You, and Derek Brown, you have all the foundational pieces there, and now you're filling the holes. That's what they need to do moving forward. You have the five guys that you love, then find other players who can fill in those spots. They can help those guys – perform and go out there and win and be one of the fiercest units in the NFL every single Sunday throughout the next couple of seasons. So I like what they've done so far. And I think that they've gotten a little bit better. Need more depth. Everyone needs depth. Injuries can always derail a unit as we've seen here over the last couple of seasons, especially last year with the offensive line. But right now I feel like they've gotten a little bit better position wise, as far as the starting 11 there on defense here in Carolina for next season. 
Okay, that's going to wrap it up for me here on this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, I'm your host as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify. Watch and subscribe to the show over on YouTube. Thank you to everyone who has done that so far. Hopefully, by the time you're watching this, we're over to 600 subscribers. Let's get to 700 by next week, or hey, let's get there by Friday like I was hoping we could do, but no big deal. Hoping that we can maybe get some big news here at the Carolina Panthers. Left tackle signing anyone? I don't know. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, at me, or DM me at Julian Council, or leave a comment on this video or any of the videos from this past week on YouTube on the Lockdown Panthers YouTube page and give me a Friday mailbag question. Tomorrow's Friday. I have some questions, but I need more questions. What do you want me to answer about your Carolina Panthers? I will get to all of those on tomorrow's show. But in the meantime, be safe. Keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Friday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.